Welcome to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Good Saturday morning to you. Jason Gong here with Bill Alexander. Bill, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Good morning, Jason. Well, thank you, Bill. I appreciate that. And uh, Bill, we've uh, we've got an interesting weather pattern here. It seems like just one day every week we get just <laughs> some oddball day. But well, this that, is the time of year where it look it feels like spring, and of course, it just turned spring this week. Uh, or it can still feel like winter. I mean, it's uh, that's just weather patterns in North Carolina. That's just the way it is. So, uh, but that's okay. Um, you, you know, one thing that's really wonderful about uh, this area is the fact that we do, in fact, have four distinct seasons, uh, which is not necessarily true in many other parts of the country. So it's. Um, for those of us who like a little bit of winter, and we love our summers, and we absolutely love our springtime and fall times, um, you know, it's it's pretty good living here. Yeah, yeah. The weather <laughs> certainly makes it attractive to live here, and uh, our topic kind of uh, dives into that, Bill, because uh, we're going to talk a lot about real estate, and there's plenty of people who want to live in North Carolina. Well, no question about it. And, of course, there are lots and lots of issues as it relates to real estate, and I thought we'd just cover as much as we could today. Um And, and so, really, the, the first um, – and, and I'm – a real believer in real estate. I think real estate uh, obviously is uh, owning real estate as uh, is a wonderful way uh, to uh, create equity uh, and have a place to live at the same time. You know, the tax laws, uh, for the most part, help people buy real estate. And from my perspective, um, uh, purchasing a real, uh, you know, a home over um, a long period of time and having it paid off by retirement time is one of the most important retirement concepts uh, out there. Not everybody can do it, but those who can do it should do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, real estate can be more than just buying a home. But for many folks, their home is um, their largest investment. It's it's not necessarily that way. And then there are a lot of financial advisors out there that would say purchasing a home is not an investment, <laughs> it's, or it's not uh, it's not a financial. Um, you know, it's not a way to go to fi- financially, but. You know, uh, it, it really comes down to uh, focus, and I think most of us uh, truly believe in real estate as being a, a place uh, where uh, it's a good idea to put uh, money over a period of time. Um, and if it's only about purchasing the home for you to live in, that's okay. Uh, it's... Um, uh, obviously, so one of the first things uh, when you, folks are looking at real estate has to be is why are you looking? What What is the purpose of the purchase? Uh, are you purchasing it as uh, an investment? In other words, um, or, or uh, and sometimes it's a combination, but it, are you buying it as a place to live? Mm-hmm. And then the next question is, are you looking at it as a short 
shorter term, I'll never say short term because real estate should never be a truly short term proposition uh, because there's too many expenses involved, but a, a shorter term proposition versus a very long term proposition. And there are a lot of things that influence that. Um, I mean, part of it is have you been moved here by a company in, in order for your for your job? And is it likely or potential that you will move again? You know, are you going to be here for three, four, five years? Or are you going to be here for 15 or 20 years? Or do you even know? Are you a young person who has mobility? In other words, uh, you, you may or may not be married, but, you know, oftentimes mobility helps a young person in terms of uh, their uh, being able to get the right job and the right money. Uh, Oftentimes, when you're stuck in a place, in other words, you can't move, Mm -hmm. then you're not going to be – you may not get a raise. You may not get the promotion. Uh, uh, But if you can move, you know, to the next state or the next city, uh, up the chain, if you will, then oftentimes that – helps you as well. So those are the kind of factors that can certainly lead into what kind of housing uh, that you would look at, whether you rent or whether you buy. Um, Clearly, a person who would only – could only surmise that they might be in a home for two or three years should probably rent because it's awfully hard to – uh, get your money back out of a house in a very short period of time, and it and it's not because it doesn't necessarily increase in value. It's it's the kind of thing where there are a lot of expenses when you go to sell it. So it it nearly, I mean, for most people, it takes three or four years uh, for a house to appreciate enough to where you break even, and so you got to factor that. Gotcha. Well, that makes plenty of sense, and we'll continue our discussion on real estate in just a bit. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Welcome back to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. You can find more about Bill at WGALaw.com. And Bill, today we're talking all about real estate. And you were just sort of uh, talking how, uh, depending on whether to get in or buy, depends a lot on how long you plan on being in a specific area. Uh, well, no question about it. And and in that same vein, in terms of shorter term versus longer term, um, it's the kind of thing where if you're buying a starter home and you think that within five or six years you may want uh, to move up or you're, you, you got into a home uh, that uh, and you are thinking in terms of, well, we're going to have a family and we're going to need a little bit more room, those kind of things, well, if you're in a starter home or or if you're one of those corporate movers that think you might be here for four, five, six years, worth potentially worth purchasing a home, 
then your financing becomes an issue. In other words, do you get a fixed rate mortgage or do you go for an adjustable rate mortgage? Because typically for the first three to five years, an adjustable rate mortgage is less expensive than fixed rate. So it's the kind of thing where if you're thinking this is our starter home, we're going to want to move up, or that it's not likely that I'm going to be able to stay in this community for more than five or six years, then an adjustable rate mortgage is typically the least expensive mortgage because most of them don't adjust for five years. And so if you think, well, it's likely that this is not going to be my permanent home, then actually an adjustable rate mortgage uh, may be a very smart idea. On the other hand, if you think this is going to be our home place. This is our legacy. This is uh, this is it. Right. Then a fixed rate mortgage is clearly the way to go because, as we see, the market for interest rate goes up and down, and we've been in a very low interest um, uh, a period of time for the last golly day. It seems like ten years, uh, where we've just had extremely low. Um, uh, interest rates, and it's been a wonderful time for folks to purchase and to refinance uh, some of the higher rate mortgages. But now, interest rates are starting to climb. So, uh, and uh, it looks like uh, will continue to climb over the next few years. I don't think it's going to get out of uh, uh, you know get crazy on us as it relates uh, to home mortgage rates anytime in the next number of years. And by number of years, I'm saying two, three, four years. It's They'll go up a little bit, but it's not going to go up to such a degree that it'll be un, unaffordable for us. But, okay, so let's go back to we're looking for some real estate. Well, real estate's not, it's no different than a lot of other things. The best case scenario is to buy low and sell high. <laughs> right? Okay. So uh, buying low uh, means you have to be patient. In other words, you have to wait for the right property where you have a seller who is desperate to sell, it, you know, and so it's um, it, it's been reduced. So what kind of sellers are desperate to sell? Well, in some instances, it's because of a bankruptcy or it, it might be um, – uh, be, because the person is a corporate mover and got moved to California and they're stuck with a house here and they need to get it sold, even if they have to take a loss on it. Uh, or, um, uh, it or it can be any number of factors uh, like that. It might be that a person died and and the family doesn't live in this area, and it's just um, it's a house that the family wants to get rid of, and they're willing to take a loss on it, those kind of things. So you have to be patient to buy low, mm-hmm. but to the degree that you find a house that uh, where the, the seller really needs to sell it or wants to sell it, and then that can be an extraordinarily good buy. And now, selling high... Uh, high to the market is a little more difficult, um, but it it basically requires finding a really good neighborhood, the kind of neighborhood you want to live in. Right. And obviously, um, finding a smaller house 
in a bigger house neighborhood, typically, as long as it's not out of character for the neighborhood, is typically a good way to, to get more value out of a lower amount of square footage because people are willing to buy that and more people can afford the nicer neighborhood in a smaller house as long as it's not out of character for the for the neighborhood. So, you know, that makes a difference. And of course, the the other, you know, there are a lot of other factors that go into where you choose to purchase, uh, but for in, in other words, for a person uh, that has young children, it might be what do the schools look like in the neighborhood, uh, those kind of things. But, of course, that can be dangerous, particularly in a place uh, like Wake County, um, you know, large county, lots and lots of schools. And they seem to uh, – the one of the most unfair things about the school district here is the school board – changes the lines it seems every year um and um i I know it was a huge disappointment for us i mean we moved here 25 years ago but our kid you know we have two two boys and they ended up going to different schools and uh over a period of time and it was just uh really strange um particularly coming from a smaller community where we had one school system and you knew exactly what where, what elementary school you would go to and there was one middle school and one high school. <laughs> and you stayed so, with the same group of people the whole time. Well, you'd say with the same group of people. And, and actually, truthfully, if I had it to do over again, I think I would stay in the smaller school system because, you know, the school spirit is so much – different mm-hmm. um it's wonderful you know there is no school spirit really in wake county because uh, particularly as you i mean th- there's it really is sad w- with one exception and even that's changing the one exception has been garner you know because yeah. until this year they've had one high school mm-hmm. uh or the last year or so I, you know i don't keep up with it enough but the bottom line is is that that's been one community and so they've had the school spirit and all that good stuff but most of the schools in wake county don't enjoy that kind of thing which is a really sad thing i mean when you go to a when i i mean for instance when when my wife and i lived in Kannapolis, north carolina one little school system we had season tickets to the football games before we had children because <laughs> the high school, you know, that the was fun to go to is what we did every Friday night while school, the system went, went. And there were 10, you know, generally about seven to 10,000 people at a game. And uh, they had a, a wonderful team and, and generally about 200 kids in the marching band uh, for halftime. And so, it's what everybody did in the community on a Friday night. So it was uh, a lot of school spirit. And then you come to Wake County, and you're lucky if 200 people show up for a football game, and there's no spirit. And when the band leaves, uh, uh, it's uh, then the the stand. You know, basically all the the band parents leave at halftime, which is really sad. Um, so anyway, I've gotten off the subject, and I apologize. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it just sort of gets next to you uh, in terms of uh, uh, how things go. Um, but anyway, um, getting back to the subject of, of uh, real estate. So, okay, uh, now, 
Obviously, if you're buying a home to live in, uh, then uh, you know obviously both spouses are going to be involved, and it's it's going to be you're going to spend money on it. It's not going to be as uh, you know long term. Yes, it will be an investment and and uh, have a lot of equity, and as you get it paid off, it will be absolutely fabulous for you. But you're going to end up putting a lot more money into that house over time because your wife's going to make you do that because she wants to live in a nice home. And she wants a place where you can invite your friends in and, and uh, things are nice. And, and it's important to have that. So it's, uh, And it's also something that you have to maintain over the years. And so maintenance is a big deal. So part of it is, all right, are you going to buy an older house because you're a handy person man type person and can fix it up and build value by fixing up and repairing yourself, not having to contract all that stuff out? Or are you going to buy a newer type uh, home that that doesn't need any repairs at all for 15 to 30 years? And so, you know, obviously all of that uh, goes into the equation. And so you need a professional, for the most part, to help you. You should always have uh, your house inspected for things that you don't know what to look for. There was actually a good list uh, in the AARP magazine recently about giveaways on uh, problems with homes that you need to watch out for. You know, for instance, uh, things that you don't need an inspector to find. Uh, in terms of, um, you know, turning on the sink and the flushing the toilet at the same time, see what kind of water pressure is, opening the windows to make sure they open, mm-hmm. uh, to see if the doors close, because if the doors don't close, it basically means that the foundation is off. Um, uh, it's settled in a way. If You can typically see if the foundation has cracked, and that basically means it's settled. And you're going to have more problems with a house like that, and sometimes very, very costly repairs. Not always, but sometimes. Um, obviously, uh, seeing um, water leaks in the ceilings is a telltale sign of problems, uh, and it may mean that you need a new roof, and that that can be um, some more money that's involved. So there are a lot of things like that. So uh, even for folks who feel pretty comfortable knowing what they're doing, being able to uh, have a home inspector is a pretty smart way to go. Um, And then... um, there, but And I know we have to take a break, but there's also issues when it comes to buying a, a newer home or a, a newly constructed home. We can talk about that a little bit Excellent. when we come back. We'll dive into that. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. News Radio 680 WPTF. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. You can find more about him at WGA Law. 
Realestatetoday.com. And Bill, we're talking all about real estate today. And Mm -hmm. just before the break, you mentioned, uh, boy, something that uh, you can't drive but two or three miles around North Carolina, or at least in the Raleigh Triangle area, without seeing some new construction homes. So what do we need to know about new construction homes? Well, I mean, bottom line is is that you can have – I mean, one of the advantages of buying a newly constructed uh, home is is the fact that you can – Go into the home knowing, uh, for the most part, that you're not going to have repair costs. You're not going to have to put a new roof on. You're not going to have to replace the plumbing. You're not, yeah, you know, it's kind of thing where you know that you're not going to have unexpected, extraordinary expenses for the most part. Okay, now it doesn't mean that new home construction is perfect and that you won't have any problems at all, but the likelihood of having problems is much, much less with a newly constructed home. Um, And typically with a newly constructed home, you can generally find a design that really suits your personality, something exactly what you're looking for, those those kinds of things. Um, However, there are risks with a, a newly constructed home as well, particularly one in a big subdivision of newly constructed homes. And uh, now, this advice also goes to all of those seniors out there that are thinking about downsizing. You know, in other words, we've we've been in our house for 30, 40 years. It's got a lot of equity. It's paid off. But it's just too much house now. You know, I'm by myself or there are just two of us. All the kids are out of the house. We don't need this big house to clean and the yard to mow and and all of the chores that go with home ownership. Um, and, and so a lot of folks think, well, sometimes it's better to uh, downsize it. Now, the first thing I would tell folks as far as that goes is not necessarily – uh, downsizing is far more expensive than you will necessarily save money um, because typically if you're going from a big house to a small house, your furniture won't fit in your new house. So guess what? You don't have just new blinds and new drapes, but you have new furniture you have to buy for mm-hmm. each room in the house because your old furniture just won't work or a lot of it won't. So it ends up – now, obviously, you also have the expense of, the, of anybody who sells. You have realtor commissions and all of that. And so if you're considering downsizing as a senior, part of it has to be age. In other words, okay, I'm in relatively good health now, but how many years can I expect to continue in fabulous health and, and be independent completely? Well, for a lot of folks who downsize and they buy into a like an adult community or something like that, um, they may only have a few years before their health goes bad or they uh, die. And so sometimes downsizing like that is – I mean you end up spending a whole lot more money than you gain by downsizing because you can always pay somebody to come in and clean the house and mow the yard and do the chores that you don't want to do anymore. You just have to allocate the money for it um, if, if you're going to do it that way. But so what are some of the, the dangers of, of going into a newer community? Well, think about it. And this is true for seniors, and it's also true for young people. 
um, okay, you buy into a brand new community of, of 200 homes of newly constructed, and they've sold 50 of the homes. So they have another 150 houses to build and sell. Well, okay, um, if you need to sell your house, say, two years later, you're going to be competing against brand new houses that have never been lived in where the person can come in and choose their carpet and choose their flooring and choose their appliances and all of that good stuff. And you want to get you know, all your money out of your house, and it's extremely difficult to do in that situation. Uh, seniors have the same situation. They buy into a community that's not fully built out, um, and until the community is fully built out, it's virtually impossible to sell. So, you know, you've you've moved into this nice community. You've lived there for, uh, say, two or three years, and your health goes downhill and you need to move to assisted living or to a place where you have a safe environment, and you can't sell your home. Uh, I mean, not for a reasonable price. I, I had one <laughs> one client not too long ago where this very uh, – what, what happened, quite frankly, was the guy uh, bought the house, and then uh, it was a, a senior – living and basically he was an early purchaser so there were lots of new places that had to be uh, built in that community and he died about two years later and they were still building and they couldn't the family couldn't sell um, you know because there were restrictions on who could buy right uh, they and there was a restriction that they could not rent. Which is, I mean, this is something that you have to look at very carefully because if you can't rent and you can't sell and you still have a mortgage, you're in deep due. And um, uh, because somebody has to come up and pay uh, that mortgage. And and this family couldn't sell uh, the condo uh, even for – you know, eighty, ninety thousand dollars less than what they paid for the con when what dad paid for the condo. And um uh, you know, it's so those kind of issues can be huge. So obviously if you go into a com- particularly a condominium community, it's very, very important to check out the rules and uh the I mean because there's communities that some people really like the rule that you can't rent, um, you know, because that way everybody who lives there is a homeowner. Okay, that has an advantage, but financially it's a huge disadvantage if if your circumstances change and you have a mortgage and you can't um, and you can't rent and uh, and you can't sell because other units are being built and it's just uh, it's an impossible situation. So it's it's the kind of thing where you you have to understand that there are issues like that that you have to think about and to uh, be able to make decisions because there are a lot of folks who are particularly for seniors that say, oh, you know, you want to stay independent. You want to get in one of these uh, ranch homes in this condominium group. Uh, 
And most of those are actually expensive compared to other ranch homes that you can buy in other communities that are that don't have a clubhouse and don't have a swimming pool and, and those kind of things. Um, and then some people just like to stay put because they love their neighbors, they love their church, they uh, you know there's a real community there. So you know there are a lot of disadvantages in terms of moving. Yep, a lot of different factors you have to weigh. And if you uh, mm-hmm. want to seek Bill's advice for a situation, head on over to WGALaw.com. That's WGALaw.com. Or you can give him a call in the office, 919-256-7000. A quick break and back, and we'll continue our conversation on real estate. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. You are listening to Asset Protection today with attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Jason Kong here. Good Saturday morning to you. And Bill, we're talking all about real estate today. And uh, let's let's bring this full circle. How, how about uh, let's talk about some asset protection when it comes to real estate? Uh, well, the, the first thing I would before we get to that, Jason, let me let me basically say that um, Uh, This is not a topic where people should come to me for advice. Uh, I'm just giving folks some things to think about uh, relating to um, things I've learned over many, many years, Um, you know, the mistakes I've made and the the things that I've done right uh, and what I see clients do. And so I'm just sharing that to help people think about uh, how to approach uh, a, a major investment uh, for them. Um, and and it, it even, you know, community is important to an awful lot of folks. And, in fact, I tell children of clients all the time uh, not to take their parents out of a community where they have been and, and they love their community um, you know, they've been there for 50 years and the, the children live two hours away and they want mom closer to them and things like that. But oftentimes mom would rather have her friends around, the ones who come by to see her and see at church every Sunday and things like that, than to have to go to a new community where nobody knows them and they have no friends uh, that can visit and things like that. So it's it's the kind of thing where it's important. The other thing is, and, and I talk to, to clients all the time about this, uh, particularly when people lose their spouse uh, or they're thinking about downsizing and they're already, say, in their mid-70s or older, um, I really think folks should consider independent living uh, in a community, and there are lots of different options in this this area. But the reason, one of the reasons, is because you're still independent, and you can um, uh, you get a, a much easier lifestyle because many of your meals are, are prepared for you. You don't have to cut the yard anymore, and you don't have uh, to to clean the house and do all of and make the bed and things like that other folks do it for you it's part of the price and if you can afford it uh in retirement once you get to a certain age it's really nice because you have socialization you're in a safe environment and so a lot of folks should really consider independent living uh in a community and there like i said there's so many choices for that but it's um 
it, it really is a good option for folks, particularly for those folks who like to be around other people and enjoy socialization. I think that that um, – because you can find a place that suits your personality uh, in this area where you have so many choices. It's really nice, and it's the kind of thing that folks should really consider, particularly if for folks who are old enough to where they've finished with their bucket list. In other words, they're, they're tired of traveling. Uh, they, they basically want to simply want to enjoy their community and, and uh, enjoy the, the little things that they enjoy doing without – in other words, they're through with those big things of going to Europe and going to Asia mm-hmm. and going to here and going to there and, and uh, doing that kind of lifestyle. <laughs> well, that, that makes plenty of sense. <laughs> okay. Now, let's, let's move over a little bit to um, – uh, you know, folks that are looking for real estate as a as a place to actually put investment money. It's not their home, uh, but you still have some of these very same issues that we've talked about for your home when you're actually buying uh, to uh, a property to rent. Now, with real estate, it's a whole lot easier if you are purchasing as an investment income-producing property as opposed to just buying a farm or buying a lot of land because there are expenses. There are taxes that you have to pay. Uh, If land is just sitting there and there's no incomes coming in, you still have fairly significant expenses just to keep it and hope that the appreciation on the property exceeds how much you're paying in taxes every year. And that may or may not be true depending on where it's located and how high the taxes are. Now, if this is not your home, then uh, you don't have to worry about the new tax law in terms of the $10,000 cap on taxes that you can deduct. In other words, if it's investment property, then uh, you're going to be able to deduct that separately than the, than the um, interest you pay on your home. Now, for, for interest to be paid on your, your home uh, in 2018 and beyond, uh, then you're capped at ten thousand uh, dollars for tax on your uh, for your state income tax. Uh, I don't think there's any cities in North Carolina that have local income tax. Um, sometimes you have a fire district tax, or that's added into your regular county tax. Um, and then you have interest uh, that uh, you don't have to worry about uh, interest on most homes anymore. I think it's uh, anything under seven hundred fifty thousand uh, dollars, which you know that covers most of us, no problem. <laughs> uh, then our interest deduction is still uh, there if we itemize. You know, we have to itemize in order to get that. And a lot of folks aren't going to be itemizing anymore, mm-hmm. so it's uh, something that uh, makes a difference. Uh, now, one of the big changes uh, for this year is that your interest on your equity line of credit is no longer going to be deductible um, in 2018 and beyond unless Congress comes back and revises that. Um, so that's going to be an important uh, change for folks to understand what's going on. 
But as it relates, going back to investment property, that it, um, all of the things we've been talking about uh, make a difference. Obviously, having a fixed rate of interest is helpful. Uh, now, with investment properties, uh, oftentimes you're not going to get the lowest rate of interest. Oftentimes you're going to be in a commercial loan with uh, a balloon every five years where you have to pay, you know, in other words, you have to refinance. So that's not good uh, if you can avoid that. Uh, so it, it, it makes a difference. Um, rental properties, you asked me about asset protection typically should be in a limited liability company uh, that uh, reduces culpability. Now, you still have to have renters. In, I mean, you still have to have insurance, you know, uh, liability protection and umbrella protection for all of your properties. Uh, that's, that's the foundation of any asset protection plan. And you have to make sure it's adequate. Um, so, uh, but an LLC really goes a long way, and that even more true. I mean, a lot of folks don't realize there is one catch to liability protection, and that is if you are your own manager. In other words, you manage the properties when the tenant uh, complains. You, you're the one who goes out and and inspects and fixes it personally, or you basically are in charge of hiring somebody to fix those problems for you, and the rent comes to you directly. In other words, you don't have a property manager. Well, truthfully, sometimes it's better to have a, a property manager because they do better than you do. I mean, you make less profit on your rent when you do it, but it's still a good idea to have professional management and if you have professional management, then you really do have limited liability. If you're managing it yourself, you may have uh, your your property may have a limited liability from the LLC, but as the manager, you have individual uh, culpability, and you can still be sued personally. Uh, if you're managing property yourself and not through a property manager, so um, just you know, just having your uh, real estate owned by an LLC does not insulate you completely from from liability. So you have to understand that uh, the person who's who makes the mistakes in terms of property management uh, can be sued personally, and if that's you, then you're still at risk and you haven't absolved yourself from that. And so it's important for folks to understand uh, how that works. And that's again, goes back to having the right kind of insurance to, to uh, cover those things just in case you end up being sued personally too. Yep. Being insulated from a worst case scenario. That's always a good idea. Quick break and back. You're listening to asset protection today with attorney Bill Alexander on news radio, 680. WPTF. News Radio 680 WPTF. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. And I uh, want to remind you that you can catch Bill tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. on the CW22 with his TV show Money Secrets. Another chance to get some more information from Bill. And uh, this is uh, – I, I like the program, Bill. It's uh, it's you and uh, a friend, mm -hmm. but we, we still get some very good information from you. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Okay, so let's go back to um, real estate. 
Um, obviously, uh, people who are not experienced really need to get the assistance of professionals because the bottom line is you can be taken advantage of by folks without good guidance. And sometimes that can come from your parents. Sometimes it'll come from a really good realtor or building, you know, an inspector, a home home inspector. Uh, but the bottom line is you just should never go into a situation and say, oh, I want that. How much can I pay for it? And, of course, um, it because there's just so many unknowns uh, with a house unless you get some really good professional advice. So that's important. Uh, of course, any good realtor is going to say location, location, location. That's uh, what it's all about. But uh, and uh, you know it's the kind of thing where you have to understand that with any kind of uh, a purchase like this, there's risk. I mean, I've talked about some of the risk of buying newer houses, buying older houses, but there's risk involved. Um, you know, if you're looking for a school system, well, in in this area, you could be in one school this year and another school next year. So, is um, of course, there's some areas of the county where you can move and, and at least be uh, fairly protected in terms of what school you might go to. And that can be really important. Uh, one of the surprise things uh, we learned uh, and was a disappointment for us, and it's a reason not to live in Wake County or Durham County or Orange County, is the fact that it's doubly difficult for students who live here to get into uh, NC State or Carolina um, because they have limitations on the number of students they can can accept out of the Wake County school system. Uh, So, and truthfully, uh, unless you have super genius kids, I don't have that. I have some really good kids that are wonderful people, but but, um, I wouldn't, you know, they didn't score 1,600 on their SAT. And so uh, we've been better off staying where we were, or Franklin County, Johnston County, uh, Harnett County, Lee County. And, you know, the bottom line is you can be close to Raleigh and not be in Wake County and not be stuck with those limitations mm-hmm. on uh, some of the best schools in the state. So it's, it's just for some folks that may make a difference. Plus, you can typically buy housing for a lot less money once you get out of Wake County. I mean, it's not always true, but it, it is a part of the – Factor, but uh, location makes all the difference in the world, and having good professional advice. And that's not me; that's other folks that can really help you. But I, I did thought, I, I did think that it would be helpful for folks to at least uh, that I could share some of the experience that I have uh, uh, gathered, mostly from clients and some personal experience as well. Well, you've got a lot of that, and uh, again, I think the the main thing is uh, understanding the factors involved with all of these decisions and uh, understanding uh, what your desire is and what your long-term goals are and making the right decision based on that. that Absolutely. That's, that's the way it should go. Well, uh, we are just about out of time. I want to remind everyone that you can find more information about Bill. Maybe you want to attend next month's seminar. You can head online to WGALaw.com. That's WGALaw.com, and you can sign up. 
up there. We are just about out of time. I want to remind you that you can catch this program every Saturday morning at 11 right after the Weekend Gardener here on News Radio 680 WPTF. Thank you so much for listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. Have a great weekend.